This episode of Relativity is made possible through the support of Stephen and Catherine Farris, Bill Cariola, Barry Heap, Paul Van Bremen, and Michael W. McClure, and by listeners like you, who support us and get exclusive content through patreon.com slash relativity. Captain Sadana and a GSA flight director concealing evidence. And I, I can explain. Concealing evidence of something you did. Something... Why are they talking about whatever you did as if it was a, a crime? Because what I did was a crime. Relativity. Episode 55. In which some candles are lit. A crime. Really and truly. Really and truly breaking laws and then people working together to cover it up. This... This can't be happening. I must be... Entering some kind of dementia. Believe me, I would never have wanted you to get this news uh, of all times the day after... Or it's just a good old-fashioned nightmare. Maybe I've finally dropped from sheer exhaustion after dealing with the things you have to do when somebody dies, somebody you're responsible for. And then we spring this on you. I know, so let's not talk about it right now. I mean... Nothing is going to change. Not now. (laughs) I think I should be the judge of that. I mean, yes, things have changed. After all this time, as close as we've been to each other to suddenly learn you have been keeping something... something major from me, I... I have told you many times that there was something that I did not want to talk about. You said that had to do with your mother. And it does. It absolutely does. Okay. Start at the beginning. That's a long way back. I've got nothing but time. Okay. Uh, At the risk of sounding like a Dickens novel, though, I do need to start with um, when I was born. Go on. My mother was 16, and her youthful hormones commanded her to get with a soldier who was on his way somewhere else. As soon as he learned she was pregnant. You got it. So I never knew him at all. And that's why I use her family name. She was Julia Mason, and she's the only family I have ever known. Her parents kicked her us out on the street so but but see she was a genius and once she was homeless she spent pretty much all of her time at her school and at 17 she got one of the last real free ride college scholarships in history and she used it to go to medical school carrying you on her hip the whole time quite literally but she finished medical school. She did. With the world falling apart around her, she finished at at the top of her class. And let me interrupt my narrative to ask if you can see why it's so easy for me to admire and respect you. I mean, the ways in which you remind me of this other great lady in my life. And I guess you felt the same way about Captain Sedona for the same reasons. Exactly. So, growing up with her, you were very close. Uh, no. And it is the greatest regret of my life. She was a hero, a goddess, and when I was a kid, I fought with her all the time. I didn't appreciate... I, I do know how that is. Yeah, 
Yeah, I've gotten the impression you and I both went through teenage years with mothers who were... Uh, Impossible to please. Exactly. So when she helped me get into medical school, I went away and I didn't speak to her for nearly 10 years. Yeah. Yeah, I kind of did the same. But here's the twist. Here's where it gets weird. A lot of people my age were being drafted... And with my newly minted degree, I chose to join uh, MSF instead. MSF, that's... Uh, Médecine Sans Frontières. Doctors with no borders. Exactement. So I reached the post to which I had been assigned, and who should I find there? But your mother. Yeah, this playful universe being what it is. And the two Dr. Masons were always being given tasks to do together. Patients to look after in rotation. And, uh, and we became best friends. Really? Really. We were both adults then, and, and there was no need for any more teenage squabbles. And But we spent all of our time together and absolutely loved it. You made up for lost time. We did. Exactly. We were partners and buddies and just a great team. Until? Right. They sent her out as part of the support crew for a caravan of tanker trucks that would... supposed to drive from the desal plant in San Diego across the Mojave Desert to Las Vegas. A dozen tanker trucks in the convoy, uh, each of them carrying 45,000 liters of clear, clean water. I can imagine where this is going. You're right. There were bandits. We we knew there were hijackers... uh, they were pirates. They, they were pirates. But whatever they did, whoever those people were, they were incredibly organized and well-equipped. We will never know where they went. We just know they took those trucks, made them disappear. Oh, Chris. <sighs> now, now, all of us, everybody in Medicine San Frontier, we had these um, metal discs you know, the, the uh, electronic tracker? And they were implanted. I, I still have mine, you probably know. It's a, um, they just did a simple incision and they slide it in under your rib cage, right above the diaphragm. So th- there's no way they just get casually removed. So one day, uh, an army officer uh, brought me her little tracker. And, uh, and he said, I'm sorry, doctor, but this is, this is all we could find. I... I, I don't understand. The Mojave Desert is not a lifeless place. It may look like it, but it's home to countless forms of life. Birds, of course, cougars, coyotes, and millions upon millions of harvester ants. Um, an animal body including a human body, left in the desert. After a few days, there will be nothing left of them at all. Oh, my God. And I talked you into having Peter's body broken down by nanobots. Yeah, and and that's why I I fought against that. probably why you called Lewis Mr. Antsy. (laughs) You have the making of a fine psychologist, my friend. Yes, that's, um, yeah, I'm... Pretty sure that's what happened. But I still don't see where you did anything wrong in all of this. Okay. Um, a lot of us who were working in the desert at that time, we've, we, we found that some of the day-to-day 
experiences were more than we could handle emotionally and we and we had lots and lots of medication with us uh, compounds that we could recombine in new and exotic ways oh no yeah and that's where my head was uh, when they brought me mom's tracker Sophia something inside me just broke I just I just wanted out and everyone in the world knew uh, at that time, of course, about these four spaceships that were going to leave Earth forever, you know, because the posters were everywhere, right? Onward, hope for humanity, right? I, I don't remember doing it, but I apparently left my post and I drove toward the New Mexico site that was the, you know, the disembarkation point for those ships. And I met this doctor, this, um, her name was Sam, uh, Samantha McKenzie. And she was going to be the ship's doctor on this mission. And you were still taking this drug? That's why I really don't remember the details of what happened over the next short while. But I do remember being at a party, and uh, Sam was there, and, and later uh, the GSA people did some testing and found that she was... Uh, suddenly experiencing memory and cognition issues. So, suddenly Konyechny was looking for a doctor that they could take aboard almost immediately. That is the amazing and true story of how I came to be the last person to board the last ship leaving the Earth, and why I have been here all this time with basically no training, and why I don't talk about my mother. Do you even know what happened to this Dr. McKenzie? Oh, yes. Look, look, once the mission was underway, I I confessed. I told Captain Sedana the whole story. And I said, please, we have to find Samantha McKenzie and make sure that she's, she's okay. Well, that took courage. Did it? I just felt like I would die if I didn't tell somebody that I could trust. And Anyway, she and, um, uh, who was flight director back then? David Bertero. Right, right. Uh, Deepa and uh, David, they, they found Sam. And they learned that she was, in fact, perfectly fine. She was okay. So David Bertero and Deepa Sedona. Yes, they agreed that if Sam was okay, and if I could demonstrate to my captain that I was going to be a good doctor for the ship, well, since there's also no turning back then it would be better for everyone, for for posterity, I guess, if they just made that whole thing unhappen. I guess I'm now expected to keep your secret, too. Oh, or not. Or not. Sophia, I give my secret to you as a gift. I Do with it as you judge best. Tell the world, tell everybody, cut me off, shut me out. I... I accept your judgment. You drugged someone without their consent. And my mother and I drugged Sybil. We drugged my sister without her consent. Well, you kept her asleep. That's not... Yes, so she wouldn't fight us when we put her in suspended animation for... She may never wake up. In which case, we drugged her to death. Getting her consent for what would save her life was, in this case, not an option. You knew she would fight you, and you might miss your one chance. I drugged my sister. I 
cannot judge you any more harshly for what you did. We've been in each other's heads. You know, I... I can feel... Such regret, such loss, and I could feel that it was about your mother, but now I... I can understand that there was more. You know, my mother would never say your name. She just referred to you as my man in space. Yeah, I, I remember you telling me that. It wasn't that she didn't acknowledge you as a person, just that she thought of you mostly as being my responsibility. Hmm. Your man in space. Yeah. Which I guess is who you are. Regardless of anything else, you are my man in space. Listen, I have to tell Marcus about all of this. I tell him everything, and I... I don't ever want to have a secret from him. Absolutely. Absolutely. No, no. Keeping secrets is... And that's all. I will swear him to secrecy, and then we'll be done. It will just be the four of us. Uh, four. You, Marcus, me, and Nadia. Oh, of course, yeah. Well, um, thank you, Sophia. I cannot possibly thank you enough. Here's the truth. You apologized earlier for bad timing, but the timing is actually perfect. Because right now, today, I can fully understand how somebody could do a crazy thing, a stupid thing, because they had just lost their mother and were torn apart with the regret of... The years we missed of not being as close to them as we could have. Right. The years in which we... Uh, well, I'm just going to say it, when we did not remain connected. Yeah, yeah, that's it exactly. The rabbi here at the hospital wants me to now spend a week sitting with my family and... I don't have any, and I, I don't even know how much of my mother's traditions I should honor at this time. Well, I understand. I, but another part of Jewish tradition for mourning the dead are candles, burning for seven days. And I think my mission control family would support our burning a big candle here, right in the center of the room, for the next week. That's probably not orthodox, but... But neither am I. <laughs> and, uh, well, if... Nadia will let you risk it. How would you feel about burning a candle for the next week somewhere, too? Not in the habitat. Oh, no. But, but maybe in your quarters or in sick bay or... I, I love that, Sophia. I love it. We will sit Shiva for our mothers. Maybe raise a little glass. Say a few words. To the memory of beloved Professor Marta Schumacher. To the memory of beloved Dr. Julia Mason. No, 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 you're, you're going too fast. Back up and try that again. This is the central computer of the Global Space Agency vessel Konyechny. No, we lost contact with those ships. They're gone. Contact has been lost with three of the vessels, but Mission Control at Arecibo has remained connected to the fourth, the last of those ships to leave the solar system. The ship I was supposed to be on. Affirmative. And they decided to keep that a secret? There were a number of complications. I guess there were. Are they just now wondering where I am? No, but I appreciate your sense of humor. Then what the hell is this? I'm in the middle of some very important... Hey, could you hold it down just a tiny bit while I'm talking to a robot? I am not a robot. 
I am the most sophisticated artificial intelligence in the I'm sorry if I hurt the feelings you don't have. Just tell me what this is all about. I have opened a secure channel to your ground-based telecom station, but we need you to implement security on your end as well. Why? What secrets can you possibly- Please, Dr. McKenzie, it has taken me several souls, nearly a week, to convince Dr. Mason that he has nothing to fear in speaking with you. I don't know any Dr. Mason. You will. So please initiate your security protocols. This can be done at I know how to do this. We do it all the time. I'm doing it now. And it's done. Dr. Mason, your call is ready. Uh, thank you, Nadia. Dr. McKenzie, Christopher Mason here, me making a call I should have made a long, long time ago. And you're calling from the ship I was supposed to be on. Or did you know that? Uh, yes, in fact, that is why I've reached out to you. Your computer said it took some arm twisting. Um, she, she exaggerates. Um, it, it's not so much as I was afraid to talk to you as much as I wasn't, I wasn't entirely sure what to say. And I wanted to be sure uh, that I said what I needed to say extremely well. Don't tell me. You're the creep that gave me the stuff that made me lose part of my memory. <laughs> you are the creep who gave me that stuff. I'm afraid I am. Well, I hope you're calling to tell me what I did to deserve that. Because you cost me my last chance to get off this rapidly dying planet. I, I know. And my only plea is that I had messed around with that drug myself and I genuinely did not know what... Okay, I did know what I was doing, but I... I would never have done it under ordinary circumstances, and I know that is not an excuse. Well, I'll give you that. There was nothing ordinary about, I mean, that party. It was pretty wild anyway. Right. And some guy that I didn't know handed me a packet of something that he apparently thought was the best thing that could have happened to anyone, and I poured it in my drink and swallowed it down. Yeah, yeah, that, that sounds about right, yeah. That part was my fault. I've thought about it a lot, and... I accept that I should never have done that. Well, obviously you get no judgment from me. So, what? While I was wandering around New Mexico, you were... You were volunteering to take my place? Uh, yeah. yeah. Wow. That's pretty cold. Um, any remorse later, or am I talking to a complete sociopath? Remorse? Oh, Sam. Oh, doctor. Call uh, me Mac. Everybody does. Uh, okay. Uh, Mac... I have had to live this last decade with my secret, with my guilt, and I have no excuse. There was no reason for it, nothing but sheer reckless stupidity on my part. Look, here's the thing. For me, that was years and years ago. Slightly fewer years for you, but a lot of water under the bridge and I had to leave medicine. And... Oh, Mac. No, no, it's, it's fine. I went into chemical research instead and I'm loving it. Loving it. Oh, well, that that's good to hear. Yeah. I'm not saying you did me a favor, but I am happy with how things turned out. Another secret. I'm... I'm alone on this ship now. What? Yeah, it's a long story. But there was um, this guy who kind of went a little overboard with some of his ideology, and he ended up killing 20 people, and I, I keep thinking... I might have been one of them. I think you almost certainly would have been, yeah. So again, I don't really owe you any thanks for leaving me here where I did not want to be, but you did force me to go do what I now realize I really love, and that guy on your ship didn't kill me, so there's that. I'm really sorry now I didn't get to know you better before, Mackie. You seem like a really 
really great lady. You're very kind, and I don't go with those pronouns, so... Oh, okay. But you sound like a really great person, too. I hope we'll stay in touch. Yeah, because, uh, chemical research, huh? You know, I'm working on a research project here that, that may interest you. some significance. I guess that's one way of putting it. I have recordings of traditional birthday songs from 57 different cultures. Each more annoying than the other, I'm sure. I think this is the one you grew up with. Stop that. No? No, and it's not your fault. It's just the nature of, you know, these songs that we've heard sung badly, you know, a million times in our lives. It's just... If you have any particular plans for the day, you haven't shared them with me. Oh, well, I decided to keep it simple this year, you know. Just have a few friends over in the evening. We'll play charades and pin the tail on the donkey. Of course, in the habitat, we have real donkeys, so that will liven the game up considerably. It would indeed. Yeah, after that, we'll play Pony Express. I am not familiar with that game. Well, it's basically post office, only with more horsing around. Do you like that joke? It's very old, and I made it up. That tells you how old I am. The undertone of your humor tells me I should apologize. I did not mean to call attention to the unpleasant side of your solitude. Oh, you didn't mean to, and it's not like I could ever forget it anyway. I mean, I am alone here, that is the reality. But I could pretend, couldn't I? I mean, we could set a table for lots of people, light candles on a big cake, and I can blow them all out, make a wish. If that is something you would enjoy, I can at least make such a cake for you. With lit candles you can blow out. Perhaps triggering pleasant feelings of nostalgia. Not to mention triggering the fire alarm. Your self-deprecating humor is a bit of a surprise. Does this birthday make you feel uncomfortable? Not any conscious way, really. Uh, I, I'm, I'm more aware of the uh, desire for a bit of a... Um, what's a good birthday breakfast? I will synthesize a stack of pancakes while you take your first call from a well-wisher. Seriously? Yes. I have just received a signal from Anstey Armin Enterprises. Louis Anstey, how delightful. Put him on. It is not Mr. Anstey. It is Prithvi Armin. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Prithvi, hello. Doctor, I send you greetings from Earth on this significant birthday. That's very kind of you, Prithvi. What, what do we call you now, M- Mr. Armin? Well, our history begins many years ago, sir. I hope you'll always call me Prithvi. And I hope you will always call me Doctor. <laughs> um, Marcus tells me you're, uh, how did he put it, uh, filthy rich, I think is what he said. Well, then he was making a not very funny joke, because he was one of our first stockholders, and I believe he has found that investment to be extremely profitable. Yeah, yeah, he and Sophia are basically living on it now, I think. They, they've they turned their new wealth into a wonderful uh, public health program for the island, and they, and they sing your praises constantly for making it all possible. As well they should. <laughs> I'm so happy for you, Prithvi. It, it is amazing what can happen when you get a mind like yours and a mind like Louis Anstey's together. He had so many groundbreaking ideas that only lacked a new perspective. Inventions which were 90% functional. I've just contributed the other 10%. That sounds like you've also acquired the rare trait of modesty in the last few years. Oh, do not be deceived. I am still considered the greater genius between us. Louis and I are in complete agreement about this. Well, I'd need to hear that from him. 
In all seriousness, though, my friend, I did call to wish you well on your birthday, but also to seek your unique insight. Really? Have you ever written a full account of your experiences outside the ship when you conducted your EVA? Oh, well, that was well, that was years ago, Prithvi, but yeah, I did. I did try to get it all down in writing. Doctor, I apologize for interrupting. No, no, go ahead, Nadia. Hi, Nadia, it's good to hear your voice. Thank you very much, Mr. Armin. Chris, one of the first things you did after reactivating my personality interface was to tell me about the experience in vivid detail. That's right. And of course, you still have that conversation. I do. Would that would that be helpful to you, Prithvi? It would indeed. Nadia, will you transfer that recording to me? You can use the comm line we're on right now. I am sending it as we speak. Excellent. I'm especially interested in your sighting of specific events. I seem to recall you said you saw the Big Bang happening, but... Also, that it was continually happening, and I, I've i never understood that. No, and it's all very difficult to put into words what you see when you look out through the compensator field at this speed, but it, I would have to say now that, that it's more like all the events are somehow superimposed on one another. That may just sound like gibberish. Not at all, my friend, not at all. This is all extremely helpful, and I know the recording in which you speak of all of this at greater length will be even more valuable. I'm in your debt, sir. Well, I'm glad I could help you in any way, Prithviets. I'm eager to hear the recording, so I won't keep you any longer. Again, a very happy birthday, sir. Thank you for the call. <laughs> Transmission terminated. Any idea what he's up to, Nadia? Asking about what the universe looks like from here? It's beyond my ability to speculate. But something I know for a fact is that you have another call waiting. Hello, 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 hello. Happy birthday to you. That is quite enough of that. (laughs) Well, happy birthday anyway. It's a big one. You may be forgetting that one of the perks of being on this mission is that we all got telomere therapy during acceleration. So it is unlikely that I'm even close to the halfway point of my life expectancy. Well, just so you know, those treatments are one of the few real byproducts of the space program we've gotten here on Earth. They're available, but the general response has been, why would I want to live on this planet any longer than I have to? But we got them, Sophia and I. We did the whole treatment. Well, I'm glad to hear it. I, I want to keep the two of you around. We thought you might, but I got it mostly because I want to live with this lady for as long as possible. Aww. Naturally. But we did both want to, you know, be there for you as long as we can. I, I thank you both. That's uh, I, I I didn't know you'd done that. So that is really the best birthday present I could get. Are are you two at home? Are you at Mission Control? Or? Oh, we're at Control. It's been pretty quiet here for years, you know. But as you actually start getting closer to the deceleration point, wow, that's still years from now. But you are getting closer to it. Well, yeah, but I'm also mechanical systems alarm. Repeat. Mechanical systems Marcus, alarm. can you confirm? I'm on it. Rotation has slowed beyond safe parameters. No, if this is a birthday prank or something, this is... I don't like pranks. Confirmed. Drag has risen to 3%. How'd that happen? It's been in the safe range for so long. Uh, what, okay, what exactly are we talking about? Several years ago, I told you there was a chance that the rotation of the main hub of the habitat might slow to yeah, the point. Yeah, to where I'd lose gravity in here, and that resistance is... That's what's up to 3%. The alarms went off because this is the rate at which it's likely to get worse fast. And we'd like to do whatever we can now to prevent that deterioration. Oh, no, 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 no. Next you're going to say I have to go out there and fix it. And folks... I wish we could tell you there was another way. Well, Nadia's making me a cake with candles. Now I know what to wish for. Relativity. Episode 55. 
in which some candles are lit. Written, directed, and produced by Lee Shackelford. Featured in the cast were, Alana Jordan, Scotty Moore, Clarence Brown, and Lee Shackelford. Dr. Mackenzie was played by Laurie Franklin. The role of central computer Nadia was played by herself. Transitional music in this episode was created by, Etiyibi Abdesa Maid. Please rate this program and leave a comment about it wherever you get your podcasts. It helps us attract new listeners to share this journey. And find out much more about the series, including ways you can subscribe, hear past episodes, and connect with us through social media, and how you can get exclusive content, all on our website at relativitypodcast.com. Relativity